Welcome to the Impact Community Podcast, a conversation between pastors and church leaders. Whether you're a seasoned pastor or just a church planner trying to figure things out, none of us were meant to do ministry alone. That's why we have community, community that makes an impact. Welcome to the conversation. Let's talk. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul. I know Brother Shock is actually in Arkansas uh, this week, and I'm looking at your backgrounds. I was just making sure you guys aren't sitting next to each other, are you, Paul? <laughs> no, I'd be much smarter if I was sitting like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Brother Jacques, thank you so much for, for doing this. It's exciting. Uh, there's probably, honestly, several guys on this call that you've spent um, even more time than, than we have spent together. And so uh, it was our mutual friend, Adam, who I won't say his last name, he's probably on this call, but uh, he is he's incredible and connected us and, and was able to basically coordinate this. And so I'm excited about it. Um, and uh, I'll just say this, I could probably, uh, go through pages and pages of accolades to introduce you and conferences that you've spoken at and, and things that you've started. And obviously just everything from your personal ministry to, uh, to what we've seen organizationally is astounding, but I think I'd rather tell a personal story. And that is, um, uh, I know Justin Michaels is on this call and it was almost 10 years ago that Justin and I were at the same uh, POA training center season. Um, and we, we did that training center together uh, for those two or three months. And I remember, and I'm just going to be totally honest. I remember thinking to myself, like, I cannot wait to spend time with Anthony Mangan. And I got there and I realized that you come for Anthony Mangan, but you stay for Brother Terry Shock because I love Brother Mangan, but we, every single time we would leave those classes with Brother Shock, uh, I'm just gonna be honest, Brother Mangan made me nervous every single time I was with him. And I think that's just his personality, but you put us at ease, you're easy to talk to, you're kind. And, and I just was really taken aback. And I know this was something that the guys talked about taken aback by your heart for the individual and your ability to talk to people in any setting. And, uh, and it just, it's an amazing thing to be able to almost 10 years later, be on this call with you. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we want you to share your heart today, whatever the topic may be. But before you get into your subject matter, uh, we were hoping that maybe you could share uh, a few of your personal leadership resources that you have. We know that you have things that you're working on that are available. Um, and so before you jump into your topic, would you mind uh, just kind of telling us a little bit about those things that we can get our hands on? Well, uh, thank you so much for, um, for those kind words and for allowing me to be a part of this. When we were talking the other day, you were, you were talking about how, um, how thankful you were that I was going to be on the call. And then I told you, I'm just thankful that young guys still want to hear somebody that is going to turn 60 this year. And so, you know, so everything you said coming this way, I'll put it right back at you. And I'm, I'm very thankful. Uh, if, if we want to talk leadership resources, um, I, now, I'm not, I'm, you asked me, you asked me, so, so this is what I'm going to say. Um, I have not been real big the last few years on on other leadership resources other than the Bible. Um, I'm not trying to get y'all to see a halo coming out of my head right there, but I found, and I will talk some leadership resources that have, that, that have helped me, um, but I realized that I was, I, I found myself looking at a lot of other things than the word of God. And, and I realized that, that uh, the focus on leadership has to be the word of God. It has to be. I also, well, and I'm not against reading leadership books, so don't, don't get me wrong there. But I also um, got to realizing how there were a lot of people talking about leadership books and I wasn't seeing a lot of advanced leadership coming out of them. And so, and so I started asking some people, so how, you know, okay, that's a good book. This is a good book. That's a good book. This is a good book. That's a good book. 
And I was hearing all that. And then, then when you started asking, well, how did it move the needle? How did it change you? Um, you know, then, then we wasn't, I wasn't quite getting answers that, that I wanted to get. Now, now Dave Kraft's book, it's an old book, Dave Kraft's book, Leaders Who Last, that, that, was, a, that was a very good book. Uh, I, gained, I gained out of that book. Um, the most recent book that, I, that, has, that has really gotten me to where I'm actually going through it again, and I recommended this to some of my pastor friends, and, and they came back, some of them came back and said, uh, one of them said, I got that book, got two chapters into it and threw it in the trash. Um, you know, and then I told him probably a good idea to go back to the trash and get it out and, and, and pick it back up. But that book was uh, Francis Chan, Letters to the Church. Um, that, that book has, uh, it's, it gets in your thinking, you know, do I think, that every church needs to be a house church with 20 people. And then, you know, when it, when it reaches 20, then you, then you stop it there and go to another church and you abolish all your buildings. No, no, that's, that's not what I'm pushing. But the principles, but some principles in that book were, you know, were absolutely incredible. Now, what what I am doing, what I am doing right now, and I know this this may turn some people off from the from the start here, but you asked me, and so I'm answering. I would not have gone here had you not asked me. I am I am really listening to apostolic voices now. Um, I'm really zeroing in on apostolic voices. We lead we lead leadership development international for our organization through foreign missions. And, and they asked me, uh, they asked me, they said, how are you going to deal with all the different cultures of the world? And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with all the, the other culture cultures of the world. That's your responsibility. Who, whoever's dealing with them. What we're going to do is, is we're going to take biblical leadership concepts and they're going to be clearly biblical leadership concepts. And then you guys can, can break it down and deal with the, with the culture situation. So when, you know, as, as basic as it sounds, um, as days go on, and, and there, there, are, there are good leadership. There are good leadership principles. Um, but just, just be careful. I'm not saying don't read them. But I'm just saying be careful because we find ourselves right now squarely in a situation that we either hear what the voice of God is saying and we either be spirit-led based on what his word is saying or we're fools because it, it, has, it has literally elevated to, to that situation. So I would just really, instead of saying um, a, a lot of materials, I would say, be careful, be very careful. And I'm not, not trying to shrink your brain. And I know that readers are leaders and I got all that. I, I got every bit of that. And I've got years and years and years of reading a pile of leadership books. But, but we're, at, we're in a day right now to where leaders that we had better be listening to are leaders that are in the word and being spirit led because there's, there's a lot of deception that is going to happen now. And, and there's brains being scrambled and we had better know what the spirit is saying. So Devin, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if that's really what you were after. But that's, that's great. That's, that's a perfect answer. Thank you so much. And, and, uh, and we will also, uh, I've got about 27 follow-up questions to that, but instead of asking them now, if we have some time at the end, we'll open it up for Q and a, but thank you so much. That's a perfect way to kick it off. Well, I'm, I'm very thankful uh, to, to Jaron and, and I see my friend Jay Carney's on here too. And, and, um, I'm very thankful for, for this, this group and to be able to be a part of this. I'm glad that Adam connected us 
Um, I definitely feel that strategic kingdom networks like these are vital. Um, these, these do not go anti-organization. These help strengthen and expand the organization. I believe that, that, that the Spirit of God is connecting uh, Spirit-led leaders, and I think that this is, this is one of those networks. I believe that iron sharpening iron is necessary. I don't believe that we can afford to, to um, casually go about it. And if it happens, it happens. No, I think, we, I think we must lean into it and find people. Um, you know, there are, just, there are just some people that are comfortable um, just kind of moving along. And, you know, just love them, but don't waste your time on them, um, you know. Love everybody, invest in responders, leave the door open. You have got to connect with people that are hungry to grow. You've got to connect with leaders that are hungry to grow, and you've got to connect with people intentionally. You don't wait for it to happen. You put yourself in a position to where you can connect with people that will stretch you, not just agree with you. Now, I don't mean abuse you. I don't go for I don't go for that type of leadership. I didn't see Jesus. I don't see Jesus abusing people, but I definitely see him. Um, I definitely see the iron sharpening iron in the life of of leadership with Jesus Christ. And I believe we've got to be people that equip and empower and release. We have to be equipping people, empowering people, and releasing people. We we have to do that. So with that in mind, I'd like for us to say a word of prayer that God will be with us, and then, and then I'll move into a couple of points here that, that I think we need to discuss. Father, we come to you thanking you for your many blessings on our life. We thank you for the privilege to even be connected with a network of men and women like this. And I pray today that you will let your spirit do a work in our lives and that we will be able to um, hear what the Spirit is saying in, in this day that we're living and that we will be able to be a part of expanding your kingdom. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Were any of you on the call I did a couple of weeks ago with Brian Kinsey's mentor group? If, if you were, you know, if you were, you're going to hear a lot of repeat because um, that's what I really felt led to, to go back to. There, there will be some different, uh, some different things shared, but basically it's, it's that same format. And what I shared about a week or so ago with that mentoring group was take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves. Uh, in Luke 17, three and four, take heed to yourselves if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now, now this is a tough one. A lot of scripture's tough. And it, I mean, obviously, it has to be speaking of heartfelt repentance because uh, otherwise we could just be getting into verbal abuse. But, but even if it was heartfelt repentance, that would be very, very tough. But this shows us how important it is to God, the subject of reconciliation. It, it shows us just, just how serious that is. Now, when I'm speaking about take heed to yourself, this is about today, this is about every one of us looking in the mirror. 1 Timothy 4.16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that, that hear thee. And so speaking of taking heed to the doctrines, uh, we, we know that biblical doctrines are the, the path to salvation, and, and we must solidly preach and teach the doctrine. 
And when you're, when you're starting off planning a church, now I have never planted a church. I've never, I, I worked for two years in a home missions church um, whenever I was in my late teens. But I've never planted a, a church. But when, when you start off, uh, I know that there needs to be a shallow end of the pool that goes to the deep end. I know we have to have wisdom, but we must squarely be solid on the doctrine that, that, we, are, that we are teaching and preaching that, that is biblical, the biblical doctrine. There would have to be a strong temptation to, to, you know, sidestep this. And, and, you know, when you don't have a base, when you're, when you're just trying to get started, that would have to be very, very tempting to, to kind of shade this or shade that. And I'm not saying, you know, give a baby meat, but at the same time, the milk has to be ripe too. And so it's talking about take heed to that. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Speaking of taking, of taking heed, judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. I'm speaking about taking heed to ourselves. When it's speaking of a mote, it's speaking of a splinter. When it's speaking of a beam, it's speaking of a log. So what can happen to us is we, we can literally have a log in our own eye as we're focusing on trying to take a splinter out of someone else's. So I would say that when we're tempted to look critically at someone else, we should immediately look within. Immediately. So many people are shooting them on, their, their own selves in the foot. And, and this is what's tough about pastoring it's what's tough about leading because because along with those positions whether you're leading one two whether you're just leading your family uh five six ten people whatever it is the power of rebuke comes with with these with these positions but our inner inconsistencies cause confusion. And you can believe that, that, the, that the enemy is, is seeking to cause inner confusion in our lives. There's, there's no doubt about that. Now, I'm not speaking of immorality. I'm not, I'm not speaking of, of leaders that, that are living a double life. I don't mean that. I'm just speaking of basic inconsistencies. I know I know that uh, whenever I was pastoring, it was like every time I was counseling somebody, advising, whatever you want to call it, and every time I was advising a man about how to be a better husband, there was a voice in the back of my head saying, uh, you, you need to get better at what you just said for him to do. Uh, what, what you just said for him to do, you know, on a scale of one to 10, you're about a three there. Uh, and then, and then when you're talking to people about their kids, you know, how, how to help their kids. And, and then that voice in the back of your head saying, well, you know, how about listening to your own advice? And then th this is the reality of leading. It is the reality of leading. Um, really, if, if, if wives, if wives really, uh, could tune into this when they're having a problem with us. Uh, they would probably say, hey, is there some man you can go counsel about marriage? Or, or when we're having an issue with our wife, you know, we could say, hey, is there, is there some lady you can go talk to about marriage? Because what happens, you get into those situations and, and you realize that, that it's, it's the word of God 
that makes the whole difference if you start talking about it. And the word of God does what? It's a mirror. That's, that's what it is. And it's interesting how the Bible talks about take heed to yourself. Whenever I was in the 11th grade at Fort Smith, Arkansas, um, they started a Christian school and it was an ACE school. And so the 11th and 12th grade uh, years, that's, that's how I finished out high school. And on the first day that we went, they gave us diagnostic tests. And I remember as 11th grader sitting down and they handed me a math diagnostic test. I don't know how many of you are familiar with, with the old ACE schools. And, um, and so I opened it up and it said count to 10. And then it was one plus one. I raised my hand and, and the lady came over. I said, you, you gave me the wrong book. And she said, no, 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 no. You, you start at the beginning and you do every possible thing you can do. And, and even if there's something you can't do, then just skip it, look ahead, and just keep doing every possible thing you can do in that book until you can go no further. And then in English, I look at the one on English and it was, it was write your ABCs. Same, same concept. Well, what I found out was, was that it was a diagnostic test. And it didn't matter that I was going into the 11th grade. They wanted to know what I knew. Not, not what I was supposed to know, but, but what I knew. And so I walked away that day with them realizing and with me realizing that I had some eighth grade gaps. So in starting my 11th grade curriculum, I had to go back and fill in all of the gaps to get up to the level that, that, I, that I was. Now, I believe COVID was a diagnostic test. I believe COVID exposed our gaps. And God only, God only knows now with what we're into with all these protests and riots and unrest and anarchy. Um, we, we, are, we are getting exposed and it is definitely time to take heed to ourselves. It's, it's time to get in a full length mirror. Um, James speaks about the word of God being, being a glass that, that will, that will speak to us. And it's, it's important that, that we do this. So as leaders, I'm, I'm asking, uh, how are you doing individually? What, what was exposed in, what was exposed in you to you when everything shut down and you were no, no longer able to run uh, when you were confined to your, to your house for a while. Now, you know, I, I realized COVID uh, made me understand something about myself that I did not realize. I did not realize that I was non-essential. I found out that I was non-essential. There are a lot of people, maybe some of you, you, you were essential, but I was non-essential. So I've been grounded a while. I preached to actual people yesterday for the first time in three months. So it's like, what, uh, what was exposed? Take, taking heed to ourselves. What, what was exposed during that time? How about as a couple? How, how did you do as a couple? when you had to spend more time together? How about your family? How about your local church? If, you, if you're leading a local church or if you're a part of a local church, now we take this to a whole new level. How are we doing now that the world has exploded? How are we doing? What, what are the thoughts? I mean, I know what we have to say to people and you know, because you, you have to lead. So, you know, I, I mean, I totally understand, I, you know, preaching on 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God's not giving us a spirit of fear and uh, power, love, and sound mind, and on and on and on, and quote, 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 okay? But how are we doing when we're not looking at a camera, we're not on a Zoom meeting, we're not leading somebody, we're not encouraging somebody, we're not advising somebody, 
we are within our own thoughts. How are we doing? I think it's time to, to take heed to ourselves. Now, in Mark 12, 28 through 31, because what I would like for us to do is deal now with how we are doing with the first and second commandments. First and second commandments. Mark 12, 28 through 31. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked, which is the first commandment of all? That's all he asked for was the first commandment. Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And we, how desperately leaders, we need a revelation of this. With all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this. He didn't ask for the top two. He only asked for the first one. But Jesus didn't stop with the first one. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Jesus knew that, that you, you prove the first one by the second one. Jesus knew that, that you, you could, I could talk about loving God all I want to talk about, but, but it's going to be now, now look at how I operate. Now look at how I connect and treat those that are around me. So let, let's go back to the diagnostic test. Number one, loving God. Loving God. So the, the question with that would have to be, then what is our personal God connection? What is our relationship with him through prayer and the word? Well, you really can't answer that unless you can answer when and where. When and where. Those of you that have heard me teach, you know, you've heard me say this so many times. And if you hear me in the future, you're, you're going to hear me keep saying this because I finally gained one of the most critical revelations of leadership. And that is, if I'm not connected to God every day through prayer and the word, I cannot lead, period. I cannot lead. And the second revelation is, is if the people are not connected to God through prayer and the word, I cannot lead them. You can't lead them. And there are a lot of people that are, um, there are a lot of leaders that are absolutely being smashed because they're treating dead people like they're alive. You can't keep propping up dead people. And there are so many church born again veterans that are dead. And so what are you gonna do? So, so they're not connected to God, they were born again. I'm not talking about the new people. The new people are not messing up the kingdom. It's the veterans. The veterans are messing up the, 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 the kingdom. That's what's holding the kingdom back. What's holding the kingdom back is leaders that are not connected to God. They got it all in their head and they're good and they've learned some leadership principles but hadn't had a fresh word from God and God knows when. That's what's messing the kingdom up. That's what's holding the kingdom back. And so we, that's where we start with people. I'm not saying being mean, but, but again, and I could, I, could spend, I could spend a long time here because, because it's just so clear to me right now. The amount of time I wasted treating dead people like they were alive is appalling. The, the amount of my life that I spent thinking that, that I could be God, thinking that I could do what God wasn't even going to do, is appalling. That was nobody's fault but mine. Nobody's fault but mine. I must, don't be mean to people. I'm not saying be mean to people. But you're, you're going to spend two hours marriage counseling somebody 
that won't pray, that, that won't be consistent in their walk with God, why are you going to waste your life like that? You say, well, Terry, that's not loving. It is loving. It's loving somebody enough to tell them the truth. Do it lovingly. But please don't waste hunks of your life thinking that you can be God. You can't, and you're not. To be carnally minded is, is what? It's death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's the reason why I'm speaking about the carnal mind being enmity against God. Can't understand. God never will understand because it can't. It's enmity against God. And so what we have to do is make sure that, that the focus of our ministries are, is to be connecting people individually with God. It's more important for them to be connected to God than us. One of the, 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 biggest, the biggest, greatest change that, that happened, and of course our children were not, you know, little bitty children at the time this happened. I wish, I wish they would have been. I wish I would have had the revelation soon enough. But Mel and I, we don't talk to each other in the morning until we talk to God. We don't read anything until we've been in the Word. No text, no email, no nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It has to be God first. You say, well, I, you know, I don't know how I can do that, or that's a big step, or whatever. Well, if, if you're going to plant a church, if you're going to plant a church, you better do whatever it takes that when you wake up, your first thought is God, and when your feet hit the floor, the enemy knows that a kingdom individual just got out of bed. And whatever that looks like, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to flip upside down in your world, the sooner the better. Because we're fighting a real enemy, and there have been a lot of church planners chewed up and spit out. And so we have to make sure that our relationship with God, that we love him, that it's not a ritual, but it is a relationship. And so time's getting away, and I didn't intend to go off on that rabbit trail. So let's talk about loving people. Loving people. Of course, this starts at home. Now, I can tell you that the enemy desires a divided house. I can tell you the enemy is coming for your family. There's, there's no doubt about it. And if you are a church planter, you can believe that the target is big on you, on your family. You better just accept that. You better know it. And you better get very familiar with the weapons that he has given us to fight the enemy's attack, and you better not try to do it in the flesh. It's, it's not going to work. Now you, you can have your own opinion, and if, if you think spiritual warfare is spooky, and if you know, if you think, ah, oh, we're just, you know, they're just making a big deal out of nothing and, and all that stuff, well, you're not gonna like what I'm getting ready to say. Because I am totally convinced that we are in spiritual warfare, that we are fighting spirits in high places. I am convinced that there is a reason why Ephesians is in the Bible about put on the whole armor of God. I, I understand when he talked about the weapons of, of our testimony and the blood and the name of Jesus and prayer with praise and angels. And then in Psalms 34, where he speaks of, about um, the angels encampeth round about them that what? That fear him that reverence him. This is a real thing. And we are not going to pull this off with our strategic ability, even though we need strategic ability. If it's, king, if it's kingdom strategy, we need it. But we're not going to be able to pull this off on our own and, and, you know, well, this is the way they launch churches and this is the way they launch churches. And I'm for some of the stuff I'm hearing 
about how we're launching churches now and building teams and all that, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. But we must be spirit-led. You gotta be spirit-led. You have, you, we, we have got to be able to be spirit-led to the point that we're driving down the road and the spirit says, stop at that house, and we just pull in and stop at that house. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking about Peter Cornelius level stuff. If, if, we, if we don't have that, if we don't have that, it's, it's not going to work. And so I would beg you to, to lean into this. Now I believe that love is a verb. John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Uh, in that particular passage, it's not saying love for another. I can have love for you and you not know it, but I cannot have love to you and you not know it. So there, there is a major difference. We must be looking for ways to connect with people. And I'll talk more about that as we move on. So how are we doing loving people? How, how are we doing loving people? Let's talk about outward or inward. How are we doing looking past the outward? How good are we at focusing on what will never die? This can be a, cha a challenge. And it can be a major challenge in the area of the haves and have-nots. The haves and have-nots. Uh, our, our ability to, to look past the outward is proven by how often we share our connections with the haves over the have-nots. I hear, I hear conversations, you know, I hear conversations about, uh, man, I, you know, I connected with this politician, I connected with this doctor, or this dentist, or this professional person, or this business owner. I, I hear that, but, but how often do we talk just as excitedly about another soul that we connected with that, that were, they were not politicians, they, they were not uh, business people. They, they, were, they were just people with souls. And so we have to be, we have to be very careful. I think James 1.27 is, is so powerful when it speaks about pure religion. It talks about pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I, I wonder what kinds, what kind of resources God would allow to come in to our part of the kingdom if, if we would focus on what he's telling us to focus on. I know that all people are important. I, I, I've got that. Um, you, you know, I, I also know, you know, I know some, I know some very wealthy people that are very kingdom-minded. I'm connected with some, some wealthy people right now that just blow my mind at how kingdom-minded they are. But we've, just, we've got to admit something, that the, the biggest majority of the kingdom of God and the biggest majority of the people, I'm talking majority-wise, that, that, are, that are in there and pushing the churches and make it go are not millionaires. I mean, I mean, surely, I mean, surely we can take that test and tell that 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 is just a fact. And so, yes, we have to reach for all people, but all people mean all. Yes, it means the up and out along with the down and out. But we've, we've got we've got to prove how we love people. A big issue with leaders and I'm trying to move on here. Time's getting away, and we're, if you're wanting to get to some questions, I'm going to have to, to quit here real quick. Let me just deal with this one. Approachable. Being approachable. I repeat this often. 
Jesus didn't walk 20 feet in front of his disciples, and he didn't sit at another campfire. Uh, this aloof business and, and these, these people who think they have to lead by being aloof and above and, and degrading and self-admiring, that's, that's not going to work. And I pray to God that you've got somebody close enough in your life that can tell you you're being a jerk when you're being a jerk. I hope, I hope we've got somebody close enough to us that says that did not come across good. Uh, you know, a while back, it's a couple of years now, we were driving down the road and Melanie said, Terry, you don't realize how you're coming across. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, you're running over everybody. She said, people are, you're talking over people. You're not even giving people a chance to talk. Okay, you know, thank God. I mean, thank, if you don't have somebody that can help you with that and get them quick. I mean, however, open, open your, yourself yourself up because what happens so many times is is um, people get to where they consider that their personal opinion is sacred and and they and they literally make an idol out of their thoughts and all this pontificating that means nothing that is not is not co connecting with with anything or or any anybody i've um there are people i have talked to that literally I have wanted to start the conversation off like this. Why don't you just go ahead and say anything you have to say to make you feel superior? Just go ahead, say it. Let's just start there. Just go ahead, whatever you have to say to make you feel above me, above the world, above God, whatever, just say it. And then we'll get by that. We can check that off. And then maybe we can actually get into some productive conversation. Don't let that be you. Be approachable. Well, what helps us with this, and for sure what, what we are into now, is we must train ourselves to instinctively look for agreement. Instinctively look for agreement. It doesn't matter their lifestyle. It doesn't matter what they, it doesn't matter if we got three men living together or three women living together. Or, or whatever, it does, it does not matter. We have to instinctively look for agreement. That needs to be our knee jerk. When we're connecting with people, look for agreement. There'll, there'll be plenty of reason down the line if, you know, if we're not supposed to be connected with them. Or what, God will show us that. But our instinctive knee-jerk reaction needs to be, I'm looking for something to agree with you on. Do, do, we, do we have connection about a career? Do we have connection about a family? Do we have connection about a hobby? When, when we're connecting with, with people of other faiths, you know, leaders, pastors of other faiths, whatever, uh, you know, can we agree on anything in the Bible? Can we agree on anything in salvation? Because we do have to realize that there's more involved in salvation than just repentance, being baptized in Jesus' name, and speaking in tongues. Because if we look at the Word of God and we connect everything that is connected with salvation, then we start with grace, we move to faith, then there's confession, and we can agree on every bit of that. I can agree with somebody that just wants to talk about the grace of God. There's agreement there. Why? Well, because grace is connected to salvation in the Word of God. If somebody wants to talk about their faith in Jesus, I can talk about putting faith in Jesus. I mean, no, I don't believe it's the end step, but, but God help us. This is, this is a process. In, in, uh, in all of the ministry of Jesus Christ, he never laid his hand on a baby and boom, it became an adult. Never. There, there was, there's process through all of this. So I'm looking for agreement. I'm looking for agreement. With, yes, I know that it starts with grace and goes to faith and confession and repentance and baptism and the Holy Ghost. And then what we could all learn from is endurance is also connected to salvation. So let's, let's, let's not go through all of this and then fall into 
of uh, unconditional eternal security because we do not believe in unconditional eternal security. So we must not live like it. And endurance is connected to salvation. And so as we're, as we're looking about loving God and loving people and connecting to people, um, you know, write down, and I'm, I've got to bring this to a close, uh, write down fruit of the Spirit. I don't have time to deal with it. But study the fruit of the Spirit and rate yourself from 1 to 10 on each how you are at home. Not, not when you're in front of people, not when we're on the platform, not when we're acting like a preacher, not when we're acting like a leader, but how are we at home? When, because what we really are, we are at home. Let's, let's look in the mirror there and judge it by that. How about being non-offensive? You know, how about being non-offensive? There are some people who just offend everybody. Um, remember, the Bible says, woe to the offender. Woe to the offender. And when it's speaking about it would be better to put a millstone around your neck and throw you off in the sea, let's not just think little people here. Let's, let's think people young. Let's think people young in the Lord. How about me stretching that just a little bit? Because you'll be building teams. How about those young in leadership? There are things you will know that your team members do not need to know. You, you've, if you're going to be entrusted with, with young leaders, then, then, you know, I know it could be lonely, and then we tend to just say too much, too much too quick, and we share things. We're just kind of sitting down. We want to be transparent. We want to be vulnerable. We, we want all this. Hey, I'm for transparency, and I'm for vulnerability, but I'm not for damaging young leaders early in their, in their leadership and their lives. So we have to be we have to be very careful. Take heed to yourself. You know, First Thessalonians four and eleven. Just just make a note of that and check it out later. Twice it says, "Study to be quiet." Twice, twice in that same verse it starts. Well, I'll just read it. And and that ye study to be quiet and do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, and then it ends. Study to be quiet. So it's like strive and labor to be quiet. That's hard for people like me. Talking about minding your own business. Minding your own business. And you're gonna have a hard time minding your own business on Facebook and WordShare. You're gonna have, have a hard time minding your own business. I'm not saying, Get off Facebook. I'm not saying get off, off WordShare, but I am saying this, that you can get so caught up in a bunch of junk that you're not even going to make a difference in, but it's going to make a difference in you. And it, it's going to hurt your leadership. Proverbs talks about he that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. I wouldn't advise that. I wouldn't advise that at all. And so in closing, let me just say what I have, what I have tried to help people with. Seems like in every situation, it'd be good if we could just mentally see a sheet of paper with a line down the middle. And on the left side, that's the column that, that we know that we have an open door, we have a voice, and we can make a difference, we can pray, and we can act. On the right side of that paper, the door is closed, and I can only pray. That's it. The quicker we can make that decision, and the quicker we can decide, do I have a voice in this, or do I not have a voice in this? And then, when you get involved in situations, the quicker you can decide when it breaks down or when one side will not move any further, then bail out. Then bail out. Because what, what will happen is, is you can spend hours and hours and hours in leadership absolutely accomplishing nothing but losing ground. And so... 
when we're talking about take heed to, to yourself, take heed to ourself. I think if we would just drill down on those first two commandments, um, loving God and loving people, and really flesh that out, I think we can gain a lot of, of insight. And I think that, that um, you, can, you can redeem. The Bible talks about redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. And leaders, time is important. And, you, and we better be careful how we, how, how we use it because we'll either invest it or waste it. Devin, I taught a little longer, man, than what I had oh, in yeah. So take it from amazing. Whatever you want. Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I know um, that uh, everybody's feeling the same way right now, and that is that that's not just a, a good practical word. It's convictional and moving. And so um, are there any questions that anybody would like to jump in with quickly? I know we have a couple um, that are already there. And so rather than me continuing on, I want to leave enough space for somebody to jump in right now. Does anybody have any questions they'd like to ask Brother Shock? Hey, Brother Shock, this is Jason here. Hey, Jason. Hey, uh, take heed to yourselves is one of those clear biblical imperatives. And uh, that, that, that I find myself, oh yes, let me go take heed to myself. Let me become self-aware. Yet in practice, I find I have a lot of bias. I find I have a lot of um, struggle with uh, thinking that I've seen myself clearly when I've not. And uh, do you do you have any best practices over your life? You're you're quite a bit farther down the road. Do you have any best practices and experiences you've had where? Uh, God has really opened your eyes to where you, you've truly seen and, and, um, or has it just been as simple for you as just saying, you know what, I'm going to take heed. You force yourself to look at yourself and you see it all. Um, I wish I could say that, you know, I just floated along and it was a lot of, uh, the spirit prompting me and, and then, but, no, I've had some serious hits upside my head. Serious. I was I was speaking at I was speaking at Youth Congress years ago, um, a doing a day session, and I was walk and it had gone good. There was like about five back then. It was it was much smaller than it is now, but there was about five thousand in the session, and and it had it had gone good. It was a day session, and I was walking down off of the off of the platform and the spirit of God spoke to me and said, you can effectively communicate with 5,000 teenagers and you can't even effectively communicate with Melanie. That, that was, that was what the spirit said to me walking down. I, I didn't even get to enjoy doing a good job at, at youth Congress. And, and that was it. And so, and so I, and so I, uh, I found a, uh, I found a spirit-filled counselor, and I went to him. Uh, there have been there have there have been so there have been so many times. What I mean, one of my one of my greatest assets in this has been Melanie. You know, because we our relationship through the years. I wish I could say that it's you know it's that we attained this in the first five years of marriage. We did not. We didn't even come close to this in the first five years of marriage. We could have, but we didn't. But but she is a she is a great barometer, um, because we we both watch out for each other in a major way, and and we have intentionally. There's the key word. We've intentionally worked to where we will take open um, uh, open insight from each other about each other now my brother brian um he you know he'll speak very clear in into my life we, we were on the phone last year and i said something he said he said terry that's not even biblical and i, I said i said what do you mean that's not biblical he said it's not biblical what you just said is not biblical and so i said well let's talk about it and so we talked about it and i found out it wasn't biblical um, what, what you've, you have, you have got, um, 
you have got to intentionally, I'm not talking about putting abusers in your life, but you've got to continually be listening and, and asking people, not just this, hey, if you ever see anything, you, you know, about me, uh, you know, speak into my life. People say speak into my life, speak into my life, speak into my life. You'll find out if somebody really wants you to speak into their life when you do speak into their life. I've had, I've had some young men tell me, you know, speak into my life. And I said, now, hang on a second. I said, now, what that means to me might not be what it means to you. And they said, no, I'm serious. I said, so if I see something on social media that you have posted, that, and, and I can just text you and say, you need to take that down. That's wrong. Are you talking, you know, yes. And so I have. I absolutely have. Recently, I, I, I did. Uh, I, you know, I mean, so, you know, Jathan, to answer your question, in uh, because of the times this year, I was asked to teach a session. And if y'all can get that leadership session that Tuesday of because of the times, if you were not on that, get it. Uh, I was not the only speaker. There were three other speakers. But part of that, we were dealing with the mirror, and we were talking about blind spots. And in part of mine, Jathan, I said, I said, some people have a hard time looking in the mirror. I said, but, but the next level of that is, is because of blind spots, you've got to be able to hand the mirror to somebody that's close to you and say, now you position this mirror in my blind spot where I can't see. And so, Jathan, it's, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a mix. You know, I've had, thank God, I've had people around me that, that have heard from God and, and called me at times, but I had to, you know, you have to respond. I'll give one more example, and then, and then we'll go to another question if y'all have, have time. Uh, a few years ago, it was about two weeks before Because of the Times, and a, a man that I have a lot of confidence in that uh, he lives, lives a long way from, from where I was living in Louisiana at that time, a long way. And he just called me, and he said, Spirit told me this morning you've got something in the Because of the Times message that's in the flesh, and you need to take it out. And, and I said, I said, okay. And I mean, when he said it, I knew, ex I knew exactly, I knew exactly what it was. And so I, you know, I went and took it out. Well, you know, do you have people? I mean, do you have people in, in your life that you have that can do that? That can feel that free? Here's, here is, here is the pressure on us. The pressure on us is to live in a manner that these people would be free to say that. So, Jathan, I don't know if that answered it or not, but that's, that's what I thought on, on what you said. Thank you, Pastor Terry. That was tremendous. Pastor Terry, um, I want to ask, there's one more question coming in. I'm waiting for it to come in. It was just uh, someone message asking. But... Could you tell us about your leadership? Uh, uh, good friends of mine, Trent Hampton, Ladhurst, went to your leadership weekend or week in it was a ranch. I, I would love for more people to know about that. If you could tell us before we go, what we um, what we started a few years ago now is Kingdom Leader Labs. You can go to kq uh, kqministries.net. Speaking of kqministries.net, we are, Melanie and I are very close to launching a web channel. And, um, and it, it will be advertised on that. We've been, obviously ministry's been flipped upside down. So we've been, we've been trying to readjust how are we going to continue to, to minister and all in these uncertain days that we're in. But uh, kqministries.net, uh, a lot of that's changing, being upgraded, so don't judge us right now on what it looks like. But the explanation of that, of the Kingdom Leader Lab is there. What we, what we do is we take uh, six senior pastors and spouses. It's not just a senior pastor coming by themselves. 
uh, it's because this is a this is a couple this is a couple thing if the senior pastor is married and and they uh, it's in it's in uh, Belleville Texas it's about an hour and a half drive beyond Bush International in Houston and it's an 80 acre ranch you'll you'll see pictures of it there we've connected with a, a man and woman named Galen and Mickey Walters uh, great great kingdom people uh, great business business people and uh, and we mix we mix our teaching two and a half days uh, and it's a mix of, uh, of being spirit-led and into the word and then we break down and we give we give uh, some natural some natural systems some organizational uh, help Galen is Mel and I use what we've done for years and then Galen adds Galen adds just some incredible insight he has things he's created to run his businesses and it's it's a well-rounded it's a well-rounded thing it really is we're we're trying we're trying to think now how we can how we can even expand that but but thank you Paul for that everybody um, unless people are just trying to make me feel good we've had some extremely good feedback from that I'll tell you, my friend Trent, he'd be following me telling that he's usually on the call. I don't think he made it today. Um, they weren't sure how they could pull it off. They knew they needed to. They committed to it. And literally two days later, someone came and said, I don't know why, but they handed them a check for the full amount um, and plus travel. And so no one, they didn't know about them doing this. They just felt nudged in the Holy Ghost to do that. Oh, great. And great. so um, they went and he, they came back, both of them and told us it was a life changing experience. Um, I know we need to wrap up and I, and if, if you need to go, uh, we understand this is our last question to, to yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Go ahead. This, this has come from an anonymous, uh, source just asking, what do you do if you know you may need emotional or spiritual help, but many of the leaders in your life don't often do spiritual checkups. Do you just ab ab abruptly bring up the subject? Something like, Oh, by the way, I need some help. I'm struggling. Um, input. I feel like I need someone that will take a closer look into my personal life, but it's hard to find someone that will take the time to do so. Very, very good question. And, and there's probably a whole lot more of that than, than what any of us realize. It's very clear in the Bible that we are spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. And we do a great job at spirit. Well, I say a great job. We, we do a good job. We, we do the, out of the three, we do the best job in the area of what we feel spirit is. Um, they need to get somebody that, that they trust. You know, I mean, you've, gotta, you've got to have a trusted voice and go to them. Hopefully, it's their pastor. And, and, and lay, you know, lay it out, you know, lay, lay it out and then ask them what their, what their advice is. Now, there needs to be considerable, considerable prayer. There needs to be considerable fasting. There needs to be a digging into the word of God on the fruit of the spirit on, on these emotional things. We, we cannot underestimate this. But then there are times when we need some spirit-filled um, professional, some somebody that is you know that is that is trained in understanding a lot of that. Am I am I against counseling? No, I'm not against counseling. I'm not against the right counsel. Now, when we're talking about the right counsel, we have to be careful because there are people that have counseling degrees that will, that will absolutely see our, our way of life as the problem and, and will get into people's heads. And, and that, that is a danger, you know, and I know I, I, know I just said a mouthful and that, and that might come back to, you know, somebody may have a major problem with that. And if they do, I'll be happy to have a very kind conversation about that. But, 
we have to be very careful at who we open ourselves up to. But yes, there are times when we need that. Well, I appreciate you so much. I, um, I think I can speak for everyone on the, on the call this morning or this afternoon. Um, you challenged me and, and um, I've gotten messages. There's a lot of notes in the chat as well, but different people have mentioned that this has been a huge help and that they've all needed this. And this is what we hoped uh, these calls would be. But thank you for the shot for the time uh, today. Um, Brother Staten, would you mind? I'm gonna unmute you. Uh, I'm trying here, maybe I, maybe I am, there you are. Would you mind to close this in prayer? Lord Jesus, I thank you today for uh, my, this meeting. And you know where you touched my heart. I pray that our hearts would be open, that we would be Lord, that we would see the necessity for the preparation for the days that are ahead. We cannot comprehend, but your spirit knows that the days ahead are going to offer incredible opportunities for us to make a difference in our world. And I pray that even in the conclusion of this session, the touch of the Holy Ghost would rest upon us. That Lord, we would embrace what we have heard and allow it to work within us in Jesus' name. Amen.